Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Hey, welcome back. We're in part three of Real Estate Agents, How to Make Money Now. And like I said, today is part three. But before we get to our next point, I want to give all of you um, very loyal listeners an opportunity to schedule your free coaching call with one of our new member coaches now. I just finished a group call with our staff and they have set aside 20, like maybe 25 spots for free coaching calls. And the best part is you get to choose your day, you get to choose your time and uh, for you to access Um, the immediate opportunity to speak with one of our new member coaches, just text the word JOIN, J-O-I-N, to 47372. Text the word JOIN, J-O-I-N, to 47372. And when you do, like I said, you'll be able to schedule your own uh, day and time for your own free coaching call. Do that right away because I suspect after today's podcast, after you know tens of thousands of people listen to it, those spots will all be taken. So Julie, welcome to today's podcast. Yes, looking forward to the continuation of what we've been talking about, which is how to make money now always, but with the focus on building really great habits day in and day out to get you to your success faster. So we're on point number nine today, and this should sound familiar to some of you who have coaching with us. This is one of our Harris rules. Point number nine, speak with all pending clients with transaction updates. Now, how often people will ask us at least once a week, but really about every three days or so, because when somebody doesn't hear from their agent, Tim, are they thinking good things or bad things? I want to drill down on something Julie just said. I realize that there are some amazing programs out there that will drip emails and maybe texts and the rest of it. Communicate with your folks while they're pending. And this is, again, assuming all of you have pendings, which by the time you're through point number eight, you should at least have some pendings, right? Uh, you know, from the previous two podcasts. But uh, bottom line is, is that there's no such thing as over-communicating with your clients. It's impossible possible for you to give too much high-level attention to your pending transactions. And here's what you're doing. You're not only telling them uh, updates on what's going on, but you're also reminding them how much you care, which will result in you getting, guess what, referrals. If you do not, after, see, how do I explain this? Surveys that happen with recently closed transactions of, you know, consumers. What did you like about your agent? What did you dislike about your agent? All the rest of it. It'll come as no one will be surprised with this statistic that the thing that people complain about the most is lack of communication. And when do they feel they had the biggest lack of communication? After the contract was signed, most consumers feel abandoned. So I want you to keep that in mind. That's right. And if you have a transaction coordinator, bless you, uh, in case they heard that. Okay. So if you have a transaction coordinator, also make sure that you have a very smooth transition. I've had lots of examples of coaching clients that do have transaction coordinators where the client who was pending had no idea who that person was or the email ended up in spam and then they had a big communication meltdown. So let's drill down on that. If if you're like, for example, an EXP Realty agent, you could hire someone to do your transaction coordination and they're US-based and I think they charge you 200 or- 250. 250 per file. Which is a deal, by the way. That's a smoking deal for sure. 
but that does not mean you could totally delegate that relationship to the transaction coordinator, no matter how good they actually are. You need to still be doing a weekly communication with those consumers to, again, remind them that you are indeed paying attention and that you care. Now, the transaction coordination team at eXp Realty will uh, send you the same updates that the consumer is receiving while they're pending. So it gives you lots of things to talk about. But really, your whole uh, point is to check in with them and then obviously review everything, make sure they're happy, make sure everything's on track. And if they hit you with a bunch of you know questions or whatever, answer them, do your job, and then end every single call with every single consumer. And by the way, this goes true within life in general with, hey, Bob, by the way, who do you know who's thinking about buying or selling? in this market that I should be helping. I'm going to say that again because it's critically important that you write that down. Hey, Bob, you know, obviously replace the person's name. Everyone's not named Bob, but <laughs> you right. get the idea. Um, you know, hey, Bob, uh, by the way, who do you know who's thinking about buying or selling that I should be helping? Or at the end of a call, you could just clearly just say, oh, before I let you go, who do you know who's thinking about buying or selling that I should be helping? The real aggressive move and aggressive with quotes around it would be, who do you know who's thinking about selling their home that I should be helping in this market? You ask questions like that and you are earning the right for them or you're earning the right, frankly, uh, to receive referrals from them. And again, if they're feeling a little bit jaded because you're not following up with them after the contract signed, do not be surprised if that person burns the bridge with you as soon as they have the keys to the house. And that's what happens all the time. It does. So don't let it happen to you. And in fact, Tim, I had not several, I think it was actually three separate elite calls with some of my top producing agents that I'm coaching who have tons of pendings. Okay. Now they all in their own ways presented the same question, which is, and I think two out of three of them actually are still managing their own transactions. So part of their homework is to get a transaction coordinator. But when they're making all these calls or dealing with inspections and appraisals and title companies and all of these things, not to mention their clients, the question was, and I thought it was a great one, what is the one thing that I, as somebody who actually has tons of pendings going on, can do without adding a lot of time to my schedule that should continue to generate because that is the quintessential top producer issue is when you have tons of pendings and fires being put out and all this stuff to keep together, what is the first thing that goes away? Your proactive lead generation, your lead follow-up. So since you're on the phone anyway with a bunch of people, use Tim's script at the end of every single call. That is the single... Uh, best thing and easiest thing since you're already on the phone. And if you've been doing this and talking to them regularly, they're going to be loving on you. They're going to be saying, hey, Tim, you're doing such a great job. Thank you for walking me through this so I don't feel abandoned. And it's really important you understand nobody will ever complain about you over communicating. That has never happened in the history of ever. Ever. <laughs> That's so true. It doesn't. No one over communicates when it comes because people are just constantly stressed. Remember buying and selling real estate that you are supposed to be the stress reliever. That is the reason that you're getting paid as much money as you are because you're there to make them feel better. So, you know, you're going to have to wear your Dr. Phil hat occasionally. Uh, so but but again, absolutely positively, um, you know, it's funny, Julie, as you were talking, I was thinking $250 a file to do transaction coordination is such a smoking deal. Yeah. Our old rule when we talk about it in Harris Rules, our book, is that after you've done either three to five deals uh, per month consistently for 90 days, then and only then can you consider hiring a full-time transaction coordinator. But the reality of it is, is you can hire a transaction coordinator right out of the gates when you're with the XP Realty for only $250 a file. And here's the best part. 
uh, well, not only are you going to have someone who knows what the hell they're doing manage the file, not only inevitably will the customer service uh, be better because you're not learning on the job, uh, but you can also not have to absorb that cost yourself. You can have that be an expense that the customer pays for as a transaction fee. Check with your local state broker and the rest of it to make sure that you're in compliance. But at the end of the day, that is an expense you can push back on the customer. And yes, that means you can also charge more than what you're paying. So if you're paying $250 to process the transaction or have someone process the transaction for you, you can charge $350 or $500. We've known people over the years, for years, like 30 years, that have been charging somewhere like $500, $1,000. We knew somebody in Michigan who sold really low-end real estate. This was a long time ago. But his transaction coordination fees were more than his commissions. Where, and I, yeah, he would make like three grand on a, a commission or whatever, like, like I said, low-end. But he would charge something like thirty-five hundred for the transaction coordination. You, this is just the realities of you know the types of things when you're doing lots of transactions and you're providing a high level of service that you can do because people are getting what they're paying for. So just keep all these things in mind. And by the way, I know a lot of you guys are EXP curious. If you're thinking about switching brokerages or if you're new to real estate and you're looking for a broker, Julie and I would love to have you join uh, Julie and I at EXP Realty. We are formally applying for the job of being your EXP Realty sponsor. Feel free to text me directly on my cell phone, 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206, and let's get the conversation started and get you um, as part of our EXP Realty group. And we would, again, we would sincerely appreciate the opportunity to earn the right to be your sponsor at EXP Realty, 512-758-0206. Point number 10, spend at least one hour working out uh, going on a walk or taking a class at a fitness center. Now, I'm going to slightly edit what you said in your notes. Sure. I'll say t- spend at least one hour working out around other people. Yep. I know what you're saying. I get yep. what you're saying. But going on a walk means they're going on a walk by themselves. And That's so the, the point of going of working out ultimately is to get in good shape. But really what happens is you create a massively powerful center of influence. And so one of the things you could do, and you've heard us talk about this before, but it's incredibly powerful, is go to the gym every single day. An organized fitness uh, type situation is great because you'll be forced to interact. Some of the introverts listening right now are cringing. I know they are. I can <laughs> feel it. Or they're saying, I like to put on my headset and just go to the gym and knock it out. Well, then keep doing it because it's better than not doing it. But imagine if you weren't wearing your headset and you were there to not just go to the gym and knock it out, but also make contacts. That would be an incredibly powerful center of influence group for you. Uh, Julie and I have been, we actually, it's funny, when we sold real estate, we didn't go to a gym. We should have. We should have because we got pretty fat when we sold real estate. That's what selling real and estate. And it would have made business easier, to be honest. Yeah, well, it, a lot of things would have been easier. <laughs> but, you know, moving forward, I can tell you that as coaches, we've always done organized fitness. And we've been able to, people always ask, you know, it's the normal get to know you phase. And they ask what we do. And we explain what uh, we do. And of course, they don't understand what we do. <laughs> and yep. so they assume we sell real estate, then they'll send us referrals. And we'll send those referrals to our coaching clients because Julie and I don't transact outside of our own personal deals. We always refer everything out. Uh, but it's easy to attract business to you when you're at a gym, when you're working out, when you're seeing people on a regular basis. It's like if you guys remember the uh, the sitcom Cheers, that's what it's like. Now, our, here, I'll give you guys high-level coaching on this. We strongly suggest Orange Theory or something like this because Orange Theory is made or like a CrossFit or something where it's an organized deal where you're seeing the same people on a regular basis. But switch groups. So in other words, maybe two days of the week you go at 9 a.m. or and, and then maybe the that's Monday and Wednesday, let's say. 
and then Tuesday and Thursday you're going to go at say 3 p.m. and then maybe Friday and Saturday you choose different times because each of the classes is going to have a different group of people and you can expand your centers of influence and network a thousand times faster that way. Uh, choose a gym that's popular. Choose something that's organized. The really the reason it's really important that it's organized is again because you see the same people. But the one of the things that gyms know is the reason that you keep on going back to the gym, aside from the fact that you want to get in good shape, is because they've created a sense of community. People will return to gyms and churches and you know all these other things, brokerages and coaching companies and all you know. You can imagine all these things, because they have a sense of community because they want to feel like they belong to something. So if you're, you know, being a lone ranger going to the gym by yourself, you're going to miss the whole benefit of actually working out. Well, you guys get what I'm saying for the sake of your business improvement. So do take all of this seriously. If there's an orange theory near near you, that's great. If there's a CrossFit, the CrossFits are kind of a mixed bag. You got to find one that's a good fit for you. Just be creative. There's a lot of different alternatives that are a lot of new amazing gym, organized gym things that are creeping up around the country. Look at it as a business expense because it's very likely it's going to work into be your greatest centers of influence and past clients. And I'll, uh, you know, source. And I'll tell you, in our own personal business, when Julie and I sold real estate, we always did the dry erase board routine. We always tracked where all of our business came from. We always drilled down on every single referral source to find out if there was, you know, why did you, you know, we had uh, someone would, pre-screen the initial call-ins to our office once we started selling hundreds of homes per year. And uh, why did you decide to call Tim and Julie Harris for the job of selling your home? And then they would say, well, I got a postcard or I saw their sign. And then there was another question that would follow up and ask the same question again, just slightly different. And then the answer was always more precise. And then you'd find out when you ask the secondary follow-up question, you'd find out, well, so-and-so at, um, you know, at our school or, you know, we know Julie because she plays in here or whatever, so, you know, because Julie used to play in an orchestra. Point being is the real importance of finding the importance of finding out what the true source of that referral was is uh, found out when you ask the secondary question, not the first question. Uh, but the moral of the story is, is that when you're pre-screening these folks, you're often going to find uh, more and more of the leads are going to come from centers of influence and past clients over time. And if you're real focused on building that list, using the example we gave you of joining a gym, you will be shocked how many referrals you start getting and how quickly you start getting them. And I remember after Julie and I were in the business for maybe three years, we were doing between 100 and 200 homes per year. And I remember it was like June, basically, of middle of the year, somewhere in the middle of the year. And uh, we were, again, adding up all the sources of business and a vast majority, it was a tipping point for us because more of our business was coming from referral than it was coming from certainly passive and even proactive lead generation. We were getting more business from working our centers of influence and past clients from the closed transactions we had already done than we were actually able to generate in new business opportunities. Well, and I always say, you know, the better you are at this, and this is one thing, if we were getting back into real estate today, I would immediately build our center of influence as many directions as humanly possible, because the better you are at this, where you're getting organic referrals and repeat business and people who already know, love and trust you and don't ask you for kickbacks and rebates and all the rest and, you know, all of that, then there's less pressure for you to be tempted by things like buying leads, you know, because they're coming to you. I have a new client uh, that we were going over his uh, original spoke because he's already out of the gates doing a great job. But almost all of his business, and this is not unusual, is coming from his sphere. But why has he had such a great takeoff 
It's because we we actually listed all of his center of influence things. He's got a, a dad's camping group, dads and kids camping group. That's awesome. Which is fantastic. And so what we're doing is we're looking at each of his micro centers of influences, and we're going to get more out of each of them by doing things like putting them on WhatsApp so they can all communicate efficiently, by doing you know different things to promote the groups. But I, I really think this is a, just a killer point, and a lot of people don't realize how much people – I think today it's so much easier because everybody wants to talk about real estate all the time. But not only that, people want to do business with you. I I want you to tell the story Mm -hmm. about Dave and Austin. Oh, right. Dave and Austin. So I was... had several Daves in the past. I realize. So, yes, but Dave in and Austin. In the past 20 years, we have many Daves in Austin. That's right. Well, so Dave. The golfer. Yes, Dave the golfer was uh, coming to me for some coaching. And he he said, the first thing he said was, don't ever ask me to call to basically proactively lead generate. I'm not going to call, you know, for sale by owners. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. All right. All right. Well, at least he's being honest on the first call. Yeah, he was paying, he was paying you to tell you what he wasn't going to do. I know. And it, it took quite some time. It was like a 20-minute list. But you tricked him. And I said, so where has your business come from in the past, right? What are you willing to do? Well, Dave's a great, <clears throat> excuse me, doesn't just like to golf, but he's actually good at it. And so a lot of his business did come from golfing. But the thing was, it was almost by mistake because he wasn't really talking about what he did. It was almost by accident. You know what? We're reading point number 11. <laughs> point oh, number 11. Perfect. Hold your Dave okay. story. We're going to keep you guys in suspense. Point number 11. Meet three new people on purpose, then talk about real estate. And uh, all right, so you can, hop, well, how do you find three new people? Obviously, hobbies and interests, uh, business networking like BNI, Chamber of Commerce, investment groups, charitable organizations. Frankly, there's so much stuff you can do online too but nef- n- online will never replace the metaverse will never replace face to face just that's another unfair advantage if you i don't care how young you are or how much you think face to face is going to be replaced by you know texting and whatever else it won't face to face is the secret sauce of everyone who will ever be the most successful. So going back to your Dave story. Yes, well, so point number 11 was meet three new people on purpose and talk about real estate. Well, one of the ways to do that is this micro point, hobbies and interests you already have. Well, for Dave, that was golfing. Now, Dave would golf twice a week and he would get, you know, some business from that. So what we did was we know he'll do that, so let's do more of it. And let's add the Ford script, Family Occupation Recreation Dreams, and stop being a secret agent. Talk about Real estate. But I might tell the funny part of the story. Yes. Because you're not going to tell the funny part because you're going to feel like you're breaking some sort of vow of silence with regards we'll to our coaching. leave his last but, name out. Right. We yeah. will. Maybe. Uh, but yeah. so the funny part was is he was golfing twice a week and his mm-hmm. wife didn't know. Mm-hmm. And the funny part was is that when he basically gave you the list of things he wouldn't do <laughs> and you discovered that he plays golf all the time. Right. You actually told him to not play less golf and start doing what he wouldn't do. <laughs> you told him to play more golf. Yes. And also we added on a different golf club that was higher end. Right. So not only did, I mean, he loved this coaching because he got to golf more, right? But the rule was, that's great. I know you're going to do the homework, but you must talk about real estate. Well, what you said was you cannot play with your same group of guys every single time. You have to go and play at different times and have different groups of guys. And you have to intentionally, and your homework for him every week was to bring to the call proof that he actually made new contacts with new people Mm -hmm. by playing with new people. Like maybe he knows Bob and Bob Mm -hmm. knows two other guys that uh, Dave didn't know. And so then they're all playing, you know, rolling around their golf carts to the four of them. And now they're becoming best friends. Well, So here's, here's the kicker to it. Uh, He was, you know, learning how to talk about real estate and be more comfortable with it. He had a golf tournament and had some lunch with the guys at the club afterwards. Right. 
Well, in conversation, one of his friends. Don't yes. tell it out of sequence. So this happened early on in your coaching relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes. This happened when you were still the, trying this to. This was the convincer. This was the convincer. What you're telling the listeners now is what happened after like maybe your second or third call when he was still trying to resist you. Yes. And maybe even month two. Yeah. Like, you know, because yeah. he's tough. All right. So he was have, he'd had the tournament eating lunch with his guy friends. And one of them just starts talking about how he's going to list his house tonight. Well, okay. I'm sorry to correct your story. Not with Dave. No, right. But not list yeah. the house, but he was bragging about the house he was buying, a new construction house. Which was the reason he was going to list his old house. Right. And Dave was right. sitting there and the guy knew Dave was a realtor. But Dave, so the reason I have these extra details yeah. is because Dave told me this story. Yeah. Because after, uh, you know, you had had these series of coaching experiences, mm-hmm. he actually was very grateful for you. Yeah. And so he went and told me the same story. Not Probably knowing rather that, tell you than me. Right. He, he, but he told me yeah. all the other things that maybe yeah. that he didn't tell you. But the reality of it was he was very grateful for you helping him yes. to start building that. But he was sitting with his buddies and his buddies basically, he was, one of his friends was so happy about this house he was buying. Mm-hmm. Even though that guy knew Dave was an agent, the guy conve- confessed or Dave was like, why didn't he? Like, he what? Never, he what? didn't even confront him, right? Well, he he was like, actually, he um, he did say, well, you know, I'm in real estate, right? And the guy was like, oh yeah, I forgot that's what you do. <laughs> and so, lucky for Dave, he was able to save that and did actually get that appointment. The listing, that listing. He had already lost the buyer side, right? But he did end up taking the listing. Now that was because he happened to be having lunch with that guy who happened to be mentioning real estate. Now that's not how it's supposed to go. You're supposed to be the one who's talking about real estate. He was lucky that day, but it did convince him that he should stop being a secret agent and assume, and how many of you listening right now, assume that everybody in your center of influence, your database, your phone contact list, and your email list, you are assuming that they know you're in real estate. Well, what's more is your your ego is telling you that you don't want to ask. Let's just be honest here, guys. You're afraid to ask your anyone for business. You're afraid to mention your real estate because your brain fills with all this BS about what they'll think about you, right? So I, Dave was telling himself, I am in real estate. They know I'm in real estate. If they need help with real estate, they're naturally going to call me. But what was really going on is not only did they forget that he was in real estate because he never brought it up, but they probably subconsciously thought you might be in real estate, but you might be, you must be pretty bad at it because you never bring it up and you never talk to us about it. Yeah, and yet in his head, and he actually said this on a call, I don't want to feel like an ambulance chaser. Right. Which my head about exploded when I heard that. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, let's work on that. Uh, but he did eventually overcome this and he did add a lot of business as a result of not just golfing. See, here's the thing. When we talk about hobbies and interests you already have, it's not enough to just go do more of that. Right. You have to do more of that with skill and intention, talking about real estate, using your Ford script, that's family, occupation, recreation, dreams. We have done de- dedicated podcasts on that. You cannot be a secret agent and expect that just because you are, say, golfing more that people are going to automatically attract to you. And when she said improve your skills, she didn't mean your golfing scores. She meant knowing how to have conversations. I don't care if you suck at it. You have to talk about real estate. Right. But it's not that difficult because at the end of the day, as Julie said, and you you all know this, is everybody wants to talk about real estate. Talking about real estate and especially in something like a golf course community or even at a gym, that's the – you know, everyone does that. Absolutely. I mean, you'll hear hear people talking about real estate – usually before or right after they talk about their families, you know, yeah, it's mean, right there. We did probably three different specific center of influence things here just with friends. 
And every single conversation, they were all talking about real estate all the time. And they don't know what Julie and I do for a living because we don't sell real estate here in Dorado, Puerto Rico. So they were talking about real estate on their own. And so if you don't interject yourselves and essentially position yourself as being an expert with real estate, you're going to not just get business, but you're going to psychologically start thinking that, you know, they don't like you. Oh, that, you know, Dave could have very well thought or maybe even did think. Well, he chose not to do business with me because he must not like me. So now Dave's creating all mm-hmm. this litany of excuses as to why this guy didn't choose him. But the reality of it was is the guy didn't choose him. And here's really what this drills down to is the guy didn't choose him because, A, he didn't know Dave was in real estate. Or he didn't he thought maybe Dave was so busy that Dave never brings it up uh, to talk about you know helping him. And maybe Dave's just so busy he doesn't need any additional transactions. Or, and this is most likely what happened, he just figured that Dave isn't that serious about his career otherwise naturally everyone would have brought it up I and mean, if the, if Dave was a podiatrist or you know mm-hmm. anything yeah. they would have brought it up there would have been a conversation that happens people naturally talk about what they do for a living uh, so there's nothing that's beneficial that comes from not bringing up what you do and overtly asking for business and I gave you a great script a second ago oh by the way who do you know who's thinking about buying or selling real estate that I should be helping I want to give you guys another um, twist on this too your centers of influence and past clients, they want you to offer to help them. They want to have work with someone that they know, love, and trust. And that's hopefully you. And if you don't offer to be of service to them, what you're telling them, and again, this is all subconscious, but this is what they think. They start to think that you must not like them, and they start to think that you must not want to do business with them. Otherwise, after all, you're a real estate person. You would normally be asking people, their expectation is you would be asking to help people or at least letting them know about the market. You not bringing it up is creating what you're trying to avoid, which is rejection. So you're not bringing it up because you're afraid to be perceived as an ambulance chaser. You're filling your mind full of this negative crap about what happens if you actually talk about real estate with people because ultimately you're thinking, well, if I bring this up, they're going to reject me. Well, by not bringing it up, you in, you lock in the rejection. Do you guys get this, listeners? It's a little twisted, isn't it? But it's true. It is true. And yeah, that's the way it, it's, you know, if you think about it, that's just human nature. It is. It is. So, but you have the opportunity to overcome it. And I really think just from all of the different uh, directions we go in coaching, that's really, when you do it right, that is the most fun way to lead generate because you also add a lot of friends and learn all kinds of new things about their businesses and their kids and their hobbies and things that they like. It just makes you a better human ha- being. Look, maybe you have knee problems and you don't want to do sports or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. It can be a million different things. Um, we could tell you guys billions of stories about how like we knew someone who would volunteer at different um, you know, uh, dog rescues and yeah. just different Book things. Clubs. Like- One Book- of my great Detroit ladies, okay? She she was lamenting that she had this listing that was on a busy road, right? And, you know, it was harder to sell. Meanwhile, she's getting lots of leads from the sign because everybody saw it. Well, one of those leads was a friend of hers, a past client, who said, why don't we do a book club, right? And she said, well, that sounds interesting, especially in Detroit where it's snowing most of the year. That's something she can do. I would tease her that it wasn't really a book club. It was like a sip wine and chat club. But she enjoyed it. She went. She had, I think there were only like eight ladies that went there. And I'm telling you, she had so many listing leads from that book club it was amazing. And she didn't talk about it with any other agents because she didn't want them to know how strong this book club was. Now, not every organization is going to be that strong. You do have to try out some different things and talk about real estate. But that was something she enjoyed. She was around ladies that she knew. So she would go there more. You know, that's the point. You can't just show up to one of these and expect to get real estate out of it. You have to actually build those relationships. I would always say, look, 
be yourself first. Her name was Barb. Okay. So Barb, be yourself first, then, then be Barb talking about real estate. And she really thrived with that. that I mean, it was almost like a, a secret weapon she had. Well, you did this when you used to play in professional orchestras, oh, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, so, guys, uh, by the way, Julie is looking for two personal coaching Probably clients. Two. Yeah. yeah, two. So if you're interested in being personally coached by Julie, she has two open spots in her schedule. You can text me directly about that. I'll ask you a couple questions just to make sure that you're a good fit for her. Uh, text me directly at 512-758-0206, if you're interested in being personally coached by Julie. She has uh, two open spots, and uh, then that's about, be about it. She only wants – I want very few uh, personal clients, and Julie wants a total of probably, I mean, maybe 10, yeah. maybe 12. Well, you know, we really invest. These these are our one-on-one clients. Right. A lot of you uh, need to be in Premier Coaching first and then upgrade, and that's fine, too. Yeah, our Premier Coaching program is actually the uh, – it's, it's the best coaching program. I mean, obviously, we're biased, but it, mm-hmm. it's in the nation. Yeah. Because you can join our Premier Coaching program, have a daily semi-private coaching call with one of our coaches, where you can get all of our scripts, all of our objection handlers, all of our listing presentations, every single thing we talk about on our podcast, you guys get as part of uh, Premier Coaching. And here's the best part. You can join Premier Coaching, um, and you can join for around $100 a month. And you know that's kind of a, an entry point that all of you can afford. It's a program that... Uh, People renew every single year. They go back to it. They really like it. Frankly, a lot of agents will join Premier Coaching, and they're more than satisfied with the experience because, remember, they're having a daily semi-private coaching call, and they really like the community of private Mm -hmm. Facebook groups and the rest of it. If you're interested in learning more about Premier Coaching, by the way, you can just text uh, JOIN, J-O-I-N, to 47372, and you can uh, speak to one of our new member coaches, text the word JOIN, J-O-I-N, to 47372. Remember, message and data rates may apply. Next point, Julie. Next point is number 12. Again, we're building great habits to get you to success faster. Point number 12 is keep a gratitude journal daily. This will act as a reminder of all that's going well in your business and keep your mindset in an attitude of gratitude. One of the things that I do, often I'll have coaching clients come to the call and I'll ask them the best thing that happened to them since we last spoke. And you know what's funny about that? Don't they always go into like, Oh my God, the world's coming to an end because A, B, C, D, and E. I asked what was the best thing that happened. And because they're spun up in their mind and their drama, they just fire hose with all that's wrong. And I say, okay, we can talk about that and how to fix those issues and how I can help you. But first, tell me three things that went well. Three things that you're grateful for. And there's always silence after that, isn't there? It's like they have to sort of reset their mindset, which is the point of this point, keeping a gratitude journal so that you can look in that journal. I'd like to look, I write things down, you know, I like to get into that and say, oh yeah, well, there is a lot of things that are going well. And I think this is really healthy for you, even our kids doing this. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Point number 13. Point number 13, we actually just did, but we get, did. Get, get help from our qualified coaches to shorten your learning path by keeping you on track and holding you accountable. And I just had some closing thoughts. Other daily week, our weekly standards to consider. These are just good habits to keep you on the path, on the right track. Make your bed every day. Clean your car. Clean your haircut up. Take care of your environment. Keep yourself media free. We talk about that all the time. Meditate or read to center yourself and keep focused. So these are things when you get into the habit, you don't even realize that you're doing that. You Everybody has habits. Some of them are good and some of them are bad. There's also a great book that I recommend to coaching clients, which is called Habit Stacking. I don't remember the author's name, but it's easy to find. And what uh, that author, it's, a, it's like an afternoon read, but it's such a great concept. Or listen to it. Or listen to it. In a nutshell, he says, you know, you have things that you do daily, like 
hopefully everybody brushes their teeth in the morning, right? So you're used to doing that. You don't think about it. So habit stacking is simply adding a habit that you want to embed in your routine on the back of something you're already good at to shorten that, um, you know, the how long it takes to get that habit going, right? So if you always brush your teeth in the morning, maybe now you add mouthwash or whatever it may be. Well, that's, so the that's reason, a great book. That's the reason we were suggesting to you guys that really at the end of the day, uh, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level comes down to effectively doing three to five things every single day. And you do those three to five th- things every single day, whether you feel like it, whether you have passion mm-hmm. for it, whether you want to do it, no matter what the hell's going on in the world, you do those three to five things every single day. And we've, ob- you know, we talked about those things in this podcast a lot. But that is really all you have to do when you do those things consistently. The accumulation effect of having taken those correct steps over time is so much more significant than you can possibly ina- imagine. Now, here's the problem that most of you are going to experience. You don't know what the hell those three to five things are. Yep. And I'll tell you, it's very simple. You're going to sh- – and we talked about this in our podcast all the time. We talk about this in our best-selling book, Harris Rules. But it really comes down just to a handful of things. You know, you're going to exercise every day. And yours are going to be slightly different than other people. So this is not, you know, this is not the same recipe for everyone. You're going to exercise every day. We suggested you do it in a group environment. You're going to, and we also suggest you do all this by noon every day. You're going to uh, show overt gratitude towards the people that mean the most to you in life. We would also suggest, and again, you can pick from the list, that you overtly show gratitude to at least five people every day in the form of a handwritten note or something like that. There's definitely a mosquito in here. Yes. Yeah, we're getting <laughs> we're chewed up. Itching. We're getting chewed up by a Caribbean I mosquito. And he's staying low, too. <laughs> he's getting his lunch. Yeah. All right. As you also, you're going to do all your lead follow-up every day. You're going to make – these are just, again, this is from a list. You're going to – Um, make at least the number of contacts every single day to decision-making adults that equals the number of listings that you want to have at all times. You're going to put yourself in a position to hear no at least five times a day. You guys get the point? So there's specific things that you can choose, but the things would be mandatory if I were personally coaching you would be exercising, would be the number of contacts, would be showing the overt uh, uh, gratitude every day. Because if you do those three things, you're pretty much going to be rock solid. Yeah, I would add staying on top of your lead follow-up every single day because when you do it every day, you're not going to have probably more than 30 minutes of doing that, maybe some follow-up calls. It's one of the most significant things that will take somebody that's maybe like the 3 to $5 million producer who has got a dabbling of lead generation but kind of stinks at their lead follow-up and stops sitting on the leads. They don't get better with age. So one of the most impactful things you can do is, is call people, either answer your phone in the first place if you're not with clients, but call people back immediately. You're so much more likely to convert that lead. So I would add that as number four to your list. And again, when you're calling someone back immediately, your real mission is to find out how what their motivation is. Your, motiva- your mission is not just to grab their contact details and throw them in a CRM and drip on them. You're supposed to go, your goal is to not have a crap ton of leads. The more leads you have, the more efficient, inefficient you are. The more leads you have, the weaker you are as a salesperson because your goal should not to have be have a, you know a hundred or thousand people like to brag about agents love to brag about how many people are in their CRM. Your goal should be to have maybe a handful of leads, depending on what your overall goal is to sell as far as the total number of units. You know, if you're a top producer, maybe you're shuffling around maybe 12 to 15 leads max at all times. If you got more than that, you are doing something wrong. Creatively avoiding business is what you are. You're you're not asking questions that are going to lead that, uh, frankly, lead you to the conclusion whether they are or not motivated. But also you're not asking, you're avoiding questions that might result in them saying no to you. You guys get the point? But this all goes back. 
back to uh, coaching. All's go, all goes back to you truly deciding to become a professional um, as, frankly, a real estate practitioner. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, we strongly encourage all of you to become one of our premier coaching clients. Text the word JOIN to 47372. Text the word JOIN to 47372. Remember, message and data rates may apply. So we're having a new topic tomorrow. Have you decided? I'm working on a couple, so I'm going to leave it as a cliffhanger. (laughs) All right, good. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.